Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Oh my gosh, Jay, I am so excited to be working on this reboot. You have the pages? Yeah, no, I've got got the script pages right here. I can't cue. Listen, we've been talking about this for a while. I don't even think we've announced this to the podcast listeners yet. Fivers, we are casting and and, uh, right now for High Five colon the podcast colon the reboot colon the movie. It's happening, guys. I, I, it's, it's oh my goodness. So we are we are excited because this is the season where everything is rebooted and resequeled, and there are secret sequel reboots, or as <laughs> we call se- them, rebeatquels. Yep, that's yep. a combination of repeat, reboot, and sequel. <laughs> yep. And we are doing one for High Five Cole in the podcast. We're taking a part of the craze and we're casting right now. Q, what are you looking for when, when these when these people are coming in reading these blogs? Um, honestly, nuance. Yeah. You know, listen, if I can't get a nuanced, layered performance. Yeah. Uh, because you and I are both very nuanced and very layered, kind of like an onion. When people talk about me, most of the time they use the word nuanced. <laughs> I've think. heard that. I've been I in their think. presence, and they have. They've yes. been like, "That's what they've said." Jay, um, nuanced and knowledgeable. Those yeah. are the two things. So I'm looking for that, but I'm also looking for someone to bring something new. You know, you know everybody's seen Q. Everybody's seen Jay. Right. Like, exactly. What are you bringing to the table? Something fresh. You know, right. Exactly. For younger generation. Well, I mean, and a lot of people weren't around at the beginning of the show. This is almost like going to be like Lincoln for them. Absolutely. They just don't know the history. So uh, just like the current wars sure. that's out right now with Benedict Cumberbatch, he couldn't actually come in and read for this part. But uh, right. luckily, guys, you were here for the casting call for Q and J. Right. Well, we are also uh, looking for one thing just to let people know. Diversity. So, uh, yes. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Lakeith Stanfield read, sent in a tape reading for your part the other day. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. It was actually better than me. Like It was, it was. Like, kind of like, wow, I think this should be the real version. It was, but honestly, the only thing that kept us from using it, out of our budget. Yeah, and honestly, did you see the part where Kate Blanchett sent in a tape as Q? Yes. She oh, totally disappeared into that character. God, it was crazy. She wore a beard. No, no, she grew a beard. Oh, my God. She had hormone therapy to be able to grow a beard to look like you for the reading. Do you know what it reminded me of? Was uh, that? that Bob Dylan movie, I'm Not There? <laughs> right, it did. I was going to be like, what did it remind you of? Like a younger, sexier Ron Jeremy? A younger, sexier me. Yeah, so um, exactly. So Kate Blanchett with a her hormonally grown beard looks like a younger, sexier Q. That's true. Everybody knows that. That's just common knowledge, though, Jay. And then, uh, obviously, Tilda Swinton playing 14 different versions of me. Yes. All simultaneously, which I still don't know how she did that. Movie magic, man. It was like she cloned herself. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
<laughs> like she did. Okay, so we've got a couple people coming in to read. So this is for, um, okay, you guys, you guys are going to be reading for the parts of Q uh, yep. and J. And if we could just like separate, if everybody could just kind of okay. move. Yep. All right. So we've got uh, a Q side got... and a J side. All right. And, and as we as we ask for the next one, I would like you both to just kind of step forward and yep. say your name, say the t the role you're reading for. And then give us a line delivery, please. And then remember, guys, you know, just just have fun with this. Yeah. Um, you know, you are us, but we are also you. So, you know, live with that. Breathe yep. with that. Um, <laughs> do what you will with that. That's true. And uh, all right. All right. Uh, do you, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Hi, um, Christopher Walken. Uh, today I'll be reading for the pot of Q. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. It's crazy. I love it. I love that, it. I felt, that, I felt, um, you know, I felt the connection. Did I, did I get the part? Is well, it? We'll call you, you know, our people oh. will call you. We've still got a lot of people to see today, uh, Chris, but, um, all right. Th you know, well, thank you. All right. It's crazy. Right, right, it's crazy. Right. It was good. That was good. That, was, that good. was Jay. That was pretty all right. I, was, mean, that was, I mean, you know what? I think that he, he I think, I think he believed it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I want to believe it. You know what I'm thinking though? Was Maybe that? a little too old. Maybe a little too old. A little too all old. Right. Um, all right. Ne so, uh, next up. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Um, they call me Sly, and I'm going to be reading for the part of Jay. Uh, so, Sly Jay. Uh, so, um, oh, uh, I was going to ask in this scene, imagine that mm -hmm. I'm only wearing boxer briefs. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, Perfect. Now, Q, I believe you about that movie. That's like really good and stuff, but like. Let me tell you some interesting facts about the history of that movie. Also, The Last Jedi is good. Yeah, that was Ew. um That was that was pretty good. I had a, a just a little a little Can you say that very last line for me one more time? I don't take notes. Um all right. Well, then we'll let you know. I appreciate that. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Can you believe that? That was crazy. Sly Stallone. I think he nailed it. Actually. I I was into it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wanted to hear him say the <laughs> the Last Jedi was good a couple more times just yeah. to just to really feel like it was you. Yeah. No. Um, Last Jedi was good. Oh, hey, thanks. See, I sound I think he wants it. He had, he's he's hungry for it. He is hungry for it. All um, right. That was, you know, that's not bad. We're actually kind of running short on time. Do, do all the rest of you just want to, like, audition at the exact same time? Yeah, everybody just say, just step forward, and everybody just kind of give us your best Q and J. All right, and go. Hello, I'm Crispin Glover, and I'm reading for the part of Q. I agree with you 100%. That was, um... I hated mm. that. God yeah, that was. Get hey. out! Hey, everyone, you... get out! Hey, did uh, did I hear Jason Marsden's voice in there somewhere? I'm pretty sure you did. Show friend Jason Marsden is he auditioning to be both of us? I think he is. He. I heard both lines. I think yes, he's doing it. But also, I think Frank Welker was in there too. Holy shit, dude! We should high five. But that just gave me an, an idea. What if we do an animated reboot of us yes high five should we high five high five high five high five high five high five son Woo. high five don't let me hang it 
All right, perfect. Wow, that was a real. You know, putting together a casting call is a lot more difficult. This than... is this is hard, man. Like movie stuff is hard. We should just. Do you want to like just stop? <laughs> you, wanna... you know what? I think should uh, we just scrap the... it, table it for now? <laughs> let's. You know what? Let's put a pin in it for now. And we can always come back to it. The thing about it is we're going to get some of these actors before they're really hot. Let's wait until they have their day in the sun. That's right. Because we want to ride their coattails. Right. And uh, I don't know if Sly Stallone is t- too busy making Escape Room 5 the escapist of zones. Yep. I, th- I heard or that Escape he, Plan. The I, Escape Plan. No, I like, no, I like the idea of him cro- that crossing over with the Escape Room <laughs> film franchise. Right. No, so I it's like Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as an ex-con trying to escape the escape room, but he right. has like a master map of the inside of the escape room. He's like taking it very seriously, and the 17-year-old workers there are like, um, sir, you're not really supposed to, like, the bookshelf will move itself. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to He like tears it off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of escape escape plan three, the escape room, and he just gets trapped in a very elaborate but normal escape, escape room, room game, <laughs> and he's just taking it way too seriously. Yeah, I'm 100% on, I am 100% on board with that, and speaking of things that I am 100% on board with, as opposed to doing a reboot of our movie, why don't we do what we do best, and let's just talk about all of the weird sideways reboot rebequels that are happening in Hollywood right now. You know what? I feel like that's way more in our where in our wheelhouse <laughs> or um, our warehouse. Our own warehouse <laughs> in our warehouse by top men, man. Right. We just These, keep uh, it stored in our warehouse. Just pulling it out, dusting it off, rebequilling <laughs> it. Yep. We're retooling it. We're casting. Like I said, uh, We've got so much to talk about. I'm so I excited. I was literally about to dive like straight into something, but there is something that I wanted to talk to you about before, and it kind of has to do with our... Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, Q, real quick. Yeah. Do you, do, do, put a pin in that real quick. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to High Five Colon, the <laughs> podcast brought to you by the Project Nerd <laughs> Podcast family. We love you listening to us, and you should keep listening to us. And All right, Q, what were you saying? Project hyphen nerd. Yes. That was it. I just had to tack on the project yeah. hyphen. Nerd. All right. So we are so <laughs> bad at the intro. No, I love it. It's just a natural. Well, do you not? We have an intro that introduces us at the beginning of every episode. It introduces the show concept, where we are. We don't have to do it technically, <laughs> but, but most <laughs> but shows do. I love. Yeah, but they also don't normally have intros that are like, you're listening to High Five the Podcast. A That's movie true. It's not like people on the, who like other stuff, too. Now join your hosts, Q and J. It's not like at the beginning room. of Welcome Back Cotter episodes. They do the theme song for Welcome Back Cotter, and then they go into the classroom, and John Travolta's like, I welcome back Cotter every <laughs> exactly. single time. <laughs> exactly. Ours is structured exactly like Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> That's the point you were trying to get to there, is we actually mirrored the yeah. show structure of welcome of back Connor. our episode concepts our seasons um, guys it's like pink floyd the dark side of the moon and wizard of oz if you go back and sync up all of our episodes with every episode of welcome back cotter you are going to be amazed at what you find just do it and report back to us let us know because we worked really hard 
It's uh, super meta, maybe. I don't no, know. No, but I do love that you try to put it in there as well, and <laughs> that it's like so urgent that nobody's going to know, as if somebody just started our episode and is like, this is random <laughs> podcast day. I have no idea what I'm listening to. I can't see the picture on my phone and or streaming device or the name of the episode that I manually tapped on with my finger. My name is Joe Normal, and I just love randomly picking podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is an on-demand medium, just so you know. Like, it's not like people are just tuning into the radio and we're playing and we have to station identify ourselves. Listen, man, everybody knows that I have the continence of an 80-year-old man. <laughs> I love it. But I also love, instead, I think we should just work it into a forced commercial ad for our over our overlords at project nerd we're like oh shit we forgot they're gonna beat us if we don't say it. that's the gimmick from now on yeah hey guys uh we're here we love project nerd they're definitely the best they've definitely never locked us in a room and made us record for 80 hours straight blueberries right, cool. <laughs> no one knows that blueberries is our safe word it's except for you word. and me people just are like all right Blueberries, I guess. They really love blueberries. We love them as much as we love blueberries. <laughs> we love blueberries, everyone. Please, someone understand what we're talking about. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, yeah. So, all right. So, now that we've identified that uh, Project Nerd beats us until we make episodes. <laughs> we love them. Um, hey, we love you, Project Hyphen Nerd. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact that you and I both were signed up paid for members of the disney plus tribe now oh not only that but both of us like before the sun rose on tuesday <laughs> we're like messaging each other yeah. like did you sign up for it yet <laughs> yeah that was, was the first thing i sent you on tuesday i was like got me some disney plus and you're like me too <laughs> and and then i was like i followed it up with kind of <laughs> yeah it's broken S signed up it's not working <laughs> okay tried I to log into it <coughs> I, I was super – I mean, people, we've been talking about this for weeks, but we were very excited about it. We think – not think. We know everyone else on the goddamn planet was, too, because the system crashed for the first, Dude, like, three hours. Ten million subscribers day one. And I love that Apple Plus TV is sitting off to the side like, shit, people still don't know we have a Jennifer Aniston show. <laughs> they're like, they're like, shit, they don't even know we're a streaming service yet. <laughs> well, okay, let's push a notice to their phone. Let's push a notice <laughs> to, to their all phone. of the phones. Everything just gets a giant, hey, we're here too. <laughs> I did get a message like that from Apple. Did you? Yeah, I've it, opened up my phone, and it was like, Apple Plus TV, did you know you can subscribe right here? They're Press basic, this button. I was like, cancel. They're basically taking the Horton Here's a Who route. They're like, we're here! We're here! We're here! <laughs> <laughs> but, there's, but the problem is, there's no Horton. It's just them in a field going, help! <laughs> we're here! And then Horton's like over in the corner signing up for Disney Plus. <laughs> Captures a who. So Disney Plus, I'm going to tell you my first experience. I want to know what the very first thing you looked up was. Okay. But the very first thing I looked up, as soon as the app did open, and right. it falsely lulled me into a sense of security because it opened right away, no problem. Oh, really? oh, and okay. I was yeah. able to like go and search things. Before, oh. Then the very second time that I tried to do that, it like crashed and was like, okay. something went wrong. That but was my experience. Is it loaded? And I clicked on something, and then it wouldn't load that thing. <laughs> So the very first thing I did, I opened it up, and literally, guys, I just want you to soak this in for a second. Out of the pantheon of offerings 
that are so, in some cases available for the first time streaming ever anywhere. Disney right? Vault. Out of any of these things, the first thing I search for is 90s cartoon show Bonkers. Really? Bonkers. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> because, for those who don't remember, and that's probably almost everyone, Bonkers <laughs> was a television show in the 90s that was kind of the same plot as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> But made so it was a a cartoon cop named Bonkers who okay. partnered with a human detective. I can honestly say I've never heard of this. And he partnered with a human detective and they solved cases in and around Toontown. Now, here is the thing where this conceit stops working and fascinated me that someone continued with it. OK, the real people in this cartoon are cartoons. Uh, so <laughs> so it's not like it's so, not like Eddie Valiant like is a live right. actual IRL person. They're just drawn more like real people. <laughs> so so, uh, you, so it is a it is a cartoon about a cartoon town that lives within the real world that is still a cartoon. <laughs> That's amazing. How does that concept even work? That's it the doesn't. <laughs> That's like, we're going to make Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the animated series. And I'm like, yeah, but part of the whole point of that is that it is not all animated. No, no, we'll just draw them more like people. Right. They'll look, they won't have like multicolored faces. They'll be like people colored. <laughs> They'll be people colored. <laughs> like, you know what? That is bonkers, man. So it is bonkers. It's totally nuts, which is also their theme song. <laughs> that's, that's super funny. Uh, I'm going to have to watch this, though, Please now. do. So everyone, go check out Bonkers, the oh, really man. weird. I think it lasted for, like, one season that in, like, 1992. Right. But I used to love it. So okay. there you go. Here's my experience. So I, I loaded it up, and the first thing I clicked on was Mandalorian because oh, it was, like, big and at the top. And I tried to save it to my watch list. Sure. Uh, but then it started crashing. So I just retried that for like 30 minutes like a, like a terrible idiot. <laughs> and then it finally worked, and I saved that to my watch list. And then the second thing I did was look up to see if they had Darkwing Duck. Oh, Because fair, I classic. was watching through Darkwing Duck on, it, on iStream at all. Oh, before it, it went belly up? And I made it halfway through season one, and it went belly up. And I was lamenting not being able to finish it because I was very much enjoying it. Sure. Darkwing Duck totally holds up. Uh, when there's trouble, you call DW. Darkwing Duck. All right, awesome. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> so good. And so then I found that. And then the third thing I did was I found Gargoyles 90s TV show. Of course. And save that to my watch list. Speaking of which, and this is all the great part about this is all of this kind of still parlays into our reboot like talk. It does. Because. Did you see that the creator of Gargoyles yes! is Twitter petitioning for people to continue watching Gargoyles yes. so that they might bring back the series? What perfect timing. Like, of course he could have done this beforehand. I'm sure there was nostalgia for Gargoyles. But now that it's available, that is randomly something a lot of people are rediscovering on their own. And he's just capitalizing on that moment. And I say... Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> well Amanda is done. watching through it right now. She's already Has started Has she ever it. seen it prior yeah. to this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. She had watched it early. Okay. But, or she had watched it growing up. But, yeah. Um, she was that. And then she found the old Little Mermaid series that they ran on Disney oh, Channel. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and that. And she was introducing Emma to that. 
excellent. They also have an Aladdin series. Yes. That also ran on Disney Channel. Speaking of that, okay, got to pause here for a second because we're talking about these things. Okay. For Amanda's birthday, uh-huh. I got her the Nintendo Switch version. Uh, they re-released the old Aladdin and Lion King Sega Genesis games. What? Yeah. they like high definition. They released like multiple versions so you could play the Game Boy version. The SNES version, Dude. like the console version. But yeah, it's Lion King Sega and Aladdin Sega. Dude, those used to be two of my favorite They're games. super fun, and they still are super fun. Did Hard she get crazy shit, excited? Yeah, it was great. That's amazing. Well done, sir. Right, thank well you very much. Done. But yes, Disney Plus was something that we, we just dove straight into. I was super excited to see the Gargoyles push. But speaking of like... Well, not really reboot quills or anything like that, but man, have you watched all of Mandalorian? I have. Okay, good. Me too. Okay, perfect. So we can spoil it. Haley's also seen it. Spoil. So quick spoiler alert for The Mandalorian. I want it to sound like I just like inserted different titles in. I don't know why. That was a stupid idea, but it's really funny in my you head. You should do it. Uh, so uh, spoiler alert for the Mandalorian. Mimi, I want it to Mimi, sound like that Mimi. weird, like, you know what I'm talking about? If Did you ever call into movie phone when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, of course. And it would like it was the same recording, except they would just, like, insert <laughs> yeah. slightly off inflections of different movie titles. So it was like, you chose The Parent Trap <laughs> at 4 p.m. Yes. At the <laughs> Regal Cinemas. <laughs> That's uh, Have you ever? No, did you never watch Seinfeld, did you? I did, yeah. Okay, the episode where Kramer's number gets switched with movie phone, and yes. he's pretending to be the guy. Why yes. don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> exactly. I love, I love uh, one of my favorite episodes. So, uh, yeah, Mandalorian. So, spoiler alerts for The Mandalorian. The next, like, I don't know, three minutes we'll be discussing The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, if you haven't watched it yet, tune out. Skip but ahead, also, like, five minutes. how are you not one of the 10 million people across the Seriously, country? Seriously, Lord, we don't have 10 million listeners quite yet, so some of you have to cross over. Exactly. Um, so, first off, uh, the first episode was great, even without the end reveal. I know. The cinematography just, just alone... It looks amazing. The it's practical effects, shot. the puppets. It's all amazing. Ah. It may be one of the best shot Star Wars anything to date in a while. Like, and I'm including the new trilogy of films. Like, it's a really beautifully shot show. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, and there are just so many just the expansive shots of him like walking along. I was like, did Roger Deacon shoot this? Like, this I was thinking the on. same thing. It's like this is very Deacon esque. I like it, this it's quite totally Deacon esque. Even even the little things like over the final credits where they're doing like the Star Wars matte paintings. Yes, and those are gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like you could literally pull all those those credit matte paintings out, and like I would gladly hang them in my house as like. They're Work. They're beautiful. And I love just okay, let me tell you, I'll play my hand a little bit about the show. Um, I love so much how it takes place in the Star Wars universe. Like to the degree where it's not just like Star Wars ish, but there are actual like Jawas and sure. Bosks and you know other species. IG never... IG what was this one? IG eleven? This was it eleven. Was not yeah. AG eighty eight. <laughs> no, this was IG eleven. But even like the little um oh I forget what they're called, like the squirrel rats that ja- that Jabba the oh, Hutt yeah. uh-huh. had as his thing and there was the, that one the on the The Kawakian monkey lizards. That's it, monkey lizards. 
the, just the fact that all those exist, but it's not like, hey, this is the same one from Star Wars. It's just right. the same world. This very well might be my favorite Star Wars thing. I, you know what? I'm on board with that. And here is something, so we will talk about now that we've gushed over that. Well, first off, Nick Nolte in this, in this show as the, like, bearded alien guy that's helping him, or the, the mustachioed, Will, I, I call him the Wilford Brimley of aliens. Oh, he's totally the Wilford Brimley of I have spoken. Yeah, I love that. Also, diabetes test and supply. <laughs> I have gotten tested for diabetes. Although, to be fair, most people who are listening that are Star Wars uber nerds like you and I will say, well, there's already a Wilford Brimley in the Star Wars pantheon. And it was Wilford Brimley. <laughs> and he was being Wilford Brimley. We uh, know, but he's stuck on Endor. Nick Nolte's on, like, right. fake Tatooine. Was that was that battle for Endor? Is that it? Uh, it was With either that the, or Caravan of Courage. I think it might have been Car- for I can't uh, remember I which one know. he's in. I think it's Battle for. And guys, can I also express Disney Plus? Come on, where are those? Seriously, I want to watch. Okay, now the holiday special will probably never be on there, but it's Caravan, mentioned in the Mandalorian. They still sell Caravan of Courage and uh, and the Battle for Endor on like DVD. Like I know, put it on the streaming service. It's in I the vault. Watch it. We know. We they know mentioned Life Day in the Mandalorian. I did like that. I thought that was a fun nod. Now, we need to talk about what the internet's been buzzing about, which is at the very end yes. of the episode one, you get revealed what essentially is a baby Yoda. Okay. Now, here is a theory that I've heard, and I want to pitch to you. I literally read this theory this morning, and I want to see your thoughts on it. Okay. 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 So, the thoughts are that the scientists that you get introduced to at the beginning – um, when when the unnamed Mandalorian is taking the job, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. the scientist guy comes out and he's like, uh, when Werner Herzog says you can kill it, yeah, and he's and like, that's he's not like, what we agreed on, right? He, some eagle-eyed Star Wars fans have noticed that he is wearing a specific badge, um, on his jacket. Okay, um, hold on. Uh, I think it's called like. Hold on, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find the planet Camino. It's a okay. badge for the planet Camino, where people who know about the Clone Wars know that that is where clones are made. Oh, interesting. You think they're trying to clone? Yoda? I think they did clone Yoda, and it got out. Oh, interesting. And they're trying to bring it back. Which now this wasn't stated in the theory, but after I read it. All the puzzle pieces fell in into my head and clicked, which would make sense that they're trying to set this concept up prior to the new Star Wars Episode Nine release, because we know that Palpatine is back. And lots of people are like, how if he's cloned, if they also cloned him or that or that Ray or it turns out that Ray is a clone is clone of some Skywalker or something. So I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of clone talk in the rise of Skywalker. And they're setting it up here. I think what they did was Disney went. People reacted badly to The Last Jedi simply for the fact one of the biggest facts was there were things that were revealed and shown in that movie that had never been shown prior to this movie. Right. So let's not make that mistake again. Let's make sure we put it into the canon prior to the movie's release. 
Yeah. That's my thought process. Boom. There's my theory. I love that theory because I've been going back and forth. I was like, well, obviously – well, I, not obviously, but it's like I don't think it's a reincarnation of Yoda, and I would kind of be bummed if it was reincarnation. Um, but I wouldn't – I would be okay with it being like another Yoda species. Sure. So maybe it's like – Maybe his species is like every thousand years a new one is born, and so this one's really special. I was going through all these different theories in my head, and I like that one the best. I think I'm going to go along that there's probably some sort of cloning involved. Well, I mean, it would make sense, too, because Mandalorian um, are uh, associated with cloning. Um, right. I saw someone talk about the ship that the Mandalorian flies. Is, is a clone a ship drop ship. Yep, is a clone drop ship. So there's a lot of clone talk in the show or clone referencing already and let's not forget uh one of the co like creators behind the mandalorian is one of the writers and creators of dave dave filoni i don't know if you're familiar with that of the clone wars okay so he's he's connected to it right so i feel like that's gonna be I feel like episode nine is going to go real clone heavy. I feel like this show is going to go real clone heavy. Well, then let's put it high five predicts right now on this date. Just like we did Twilight Zone. Yep. November 17th. We're doing it. You, you're going to call it again. And I love it. Yep. Um, oh, man. Uh, but OK. One thing I do want to say is I was so happy that we got an extended sequence with the Jawas. Oh my god! To like to see how they're scavengers and to see how their like ship works and their culture sort of works, dude. I loved the little detail that when he, when the Mandalorian goes into the cockpit, he's like crouched over. Yeah, it's the like being John Malkovich style yeah. <laughs> crouch. And I was like, of course it would be. Yeah, it's it's Jawa sized, right? Which is hilarious because the ship itself is gigantic. Yes. Like is a huge like moving battle tank. Uh, but then you have this itty bitty <laughs> cockpit. <Yeah. laughs> it was just, and there are like there are bits like that that the shows are legitimately funny, which is great. Oh, for sure. Oh. I liked, and I was surprised. Honestly, I was very unsure about Disney Plus's level of like how kitty they were going to keep right. the streaming service. And in the opening couple minutes when he cuts someone in half yes, the door. Yes, and you see the body part, like, right. fall. I was like, oh, okay. Well, they're definitely not making this for, like, little children. Like, right. This is at least a teenage level. Which is which is good. I mean, and I'm sure there will be things that are very, like, kiddie-focused, like their high school musical, the movie, the series, whatever Oh, dude, show. I got to talk to you about that. I also watched that. Oh, see, we didn't. We haven't watched that yet. But also what, I'm, what I have found impressive is that they do – stick to the themes of, like, the tones of the show. So, you know, uh, the uh, the world, according to Jeff Goldblum, feels very much like a Nat Geo show. Like, it doesn't feel like a kiddie version of a Nat Geo show. It feels like something you'd watch, like, on the Discovery Channel. I would I would totally agree with that. Yeah. It absolutely doesn't feel like, like a, oh, this is how we make ice cream. You exactly. Know I mean? well, and like, the next episode is going to be on tattoos. Right, which is cool. I'm super jazzed I'm about I'm super that. jazzed about that one, too. Um, so, all right, to tie this into our reboot, sequel, reboot, quote, conversation. Uh, this is now the streaming home of the recent Disney live action remakes, question mark, reboots, question mark. Right. Sequels, question mark. In the case of Dumbo, maybe both a sequel and a remake. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm just not going to watch that again. Uh, Lady and the Tramp, I haven't watched it yet, but 
I've they're live heard action. that it's serviceable. Like, I'm sure I it's fine. I, I'm sure it. I will have nothing against uh, it. But Disney is deep in the game of re remining their properties yeah. uh, for reboots in a way. Yeah. Um, and right now we've done a whole episode about the live action adaptation, so we don't need to reiterate it here. But no, it no. is a good jumping off point. No, no, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, there are it, – it's an interesting trend now because, I mean, honestly, you can – people can go back into our back catalog, and I think early, early on, we actually have a top five reboots episode or remakes we do. episode. Um, but and we this, discussed kind of what the difference between – Right. But this episode is specifically for a different trend, and the reason we're kind of redoing this episode is because lately – We've noticed a lot of what I call secret reboots. They're basically like disguised as sequels or disguised as reboots of a franchise, but then are presented as sequels in that franchise line. Like a good example is the new Halloween from last year. Yes. It's like it's saying it's basically the story from the first movie again, but yep. it's set as, oh, well, this takes place after pick one of the earlier ones in the franchise. Right. You know, and, and there's happening a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be, you're absolutely right. I think secret reboot is kind of the, that is the best way to describe it. That does happen a lot. That happened, um, I recently went and saw the new Terminator Dark Fate movie. Okay, I was going to ask you, you told me you were going to go see this, and I knew we were talking about this topic for this episode, yep. and I've heard that it basically is that. Yes. I haven't seen it. Can you walk me through your yes. thoughts and give us a little bit like a five, a high five minute review of it? Like, All I right. want to know what you think. So spoiler alert for Terminator Dark Fate. If you ha want to have zero clue what you're getting, then never watch Terminator 1. Um, <laughs> so, All right. Review over. <laughs> the Terminator Terminator 1 and 2 will s totally spoil the new Terminator movie for you. Um, no, essentially. So this is what they did. Um first blush reviews is it good sure is it good action totally yeah is Tim it... Miller can direct some action I'll give now, him now here's what I will say it left me really 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 wanting to see what this movie would have looked like if it was directed by David Letch or um, oh. the other dude the guys who did the John Wick movies yeah and yeah. Deadpool 2 because they just have a way of framing action where you see every little thing that's happening, every yeah. move, and you're able to follow it. I will say that this movie did suffer, suffer from Michael Bay quick cut syndrome. Oh, where gross. it was a lot of like, I don't even, how did he get over there? Like, what? What is happening? You know gotcha, what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Man, that's a bummer. Man, in John Wick 3, not to, to get off topic, but John Wick 3 is impeccably shot. Like, Dude. the action sequences. The sequence in the um in the Knife shop? Store. Yes, the knife shop. I love that we both went there. That scene is so good. Like, it should win awards, that, that fight oh, scene. Oh, 100%. Dude, I am a John Wick convert. I will be seeing every John Wick movie in the theater well, as long I, as these people you, are still involved. You were the one that introduced me because it was years ago. You and Alex saw a preview oh, screener right. of the first John Wick, and you would not shut up about it. Yeah, I was like, dude, I did not expect it to be that good, but it was fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and then you begged me to go see it, and I did, and I loved it. And then the second one came out, and we were both surprised by how good the second one was compared to the first. And then the third one did the same 
thing. I know. It's like it keeps getting better. Uh, those oh. aren't reboots or sequels. But, I mean, they, they are sequels technically, but go definitely see go see them. Um, so Terminator Dark Fate, it essentially, um, can I give you a big spoiler? Jay, Please, I, I'm, I don't care about, I'm okay. probably not going to see it in the theater, not John. with Emma and the new baby on the way. In the first 10 minutes, John Connor gets shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Edward Furlong's not really going to de-age that well. So basically, they stop the apocalypse at the end of T2, okay. right? Uh, his mom and John Connor, John Connor and um, Sarah Connor are on a beach like somewhere, like okay, lounging. Just like hanging out, just like they dreamed about in T2. Boom. Suddenly a Terminator shows up, an Arnold Schwarzenegger ter- Terminator, uh, digitally de-aged. Now, I will say this. The digital de-aging for both Edward Furlong, Sarah Connor, and, or all three, Sarah Connor and, the, uh, and Arnie for the Terminator uh-huh. looked uncanny like yeah. in a great way like have you ever seen people walking around with those life mask things yes yes that's what it looked like like i had oh. a hard time not in a bad way oh 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 okay like okay. in a it was so hyper realistic gotcha gotcha okay Th- that part of me was like this it didn't look like digital de-aging so i will tip my hat to them like this is maybe the best digital de-aging I've ever seen. And I heard that that's, that same, that's true for The Irishman as well, but I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. Netflix, here we come. Yeah. Um, but, so, Terminator shows up, walks past Sarah Connor, pulls out a shotgun, and just shoots kid John Connor in the chest first. Okay. Then he falls down on the ground, and then he walks over and blasts him in the face with the shotgun. Okay. So for me, at that point in the movie, I'd been like, oh, all right. And I was and I was like, oh, strong start. You're just going to totally be like, you know what? Fuck John Connor. This isn't John (laughs) Connor's story anymore. Um, And that's kind of what this was. So this was them basically saying, here's what happens. No matter what you do, you can stop Skynet. But there will always be something like this that happens. So so basically what happens is Skynet is inevitable. A la Thanos. Exactly, but it's no longer Skynet. So sure, Skynet but it's some version doesn't of like this AI is, taking over the this world. This one's a really stupid name. It's called Legion. Sweet. Which is like, come on, why would you name your tech company Legion? Like that just sounds ominous. It's just Skynet, like, hey, it sounded we're, real. <laughs> we're we're coming out with this new app. Everybody download it. It's called Beelzebub, but we took out all the e's, so it's B L Z B L B. Exactly. People Beelzebub. are gonna love it. It's so cool and hip. That's actually really clever. Well done. Uh, but so that was that was kind of the thing. But the concept was it's no longer Sarah Connor's story. So now there is a new John Connor type okay. person. And she's that, that like uh, like Filipino, like 20 year yes, old or whatever that I yes. saw in the trailers. OK. But in this one, they decided instead of her having a baby that will become the savior, it is actually her who is the oh, okay. savior in the future. Well, I mean, okay, good. I'm glad that it's not just the woman that is giving right. birth to some And they actually man. kind of, they have some dialogue exchange with Sarah Connor where she just assumes like, oh, well, they're here to protect you because you're going to give birth to the savior. And it's a very like, that's all you are is like a. a you know, oh, kind so of they thing. kind of vocally address it as opposed to just sub thematically. Right. Okay. <laughs> which, which some people may say is good and bad. Like sometimes you don't need to beat <laughs> shit like that over the head with. A hammer. Does like, someone say like me too? Maybe. Actually, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. 
Um, so some of that was a little clunky. It was just a fun action movie, though. Sure. But it definitely followed the both beats from Terminator and T2. Right? Really? They just mimicked a lot of beats. There was even, like, there's a the prison or the jailhouse breakout scene. Oh, from really? From Terminator 1. Instead of being a jailhouse, now it's a um, border crossing, like, detainment center. Oh, uh, and now I'm sure that there's some, like, heavy-duty truck open air like open there is dude there scene. is just like in t2 except now it's a uh, it's like a uh, like a what do you call it um bulldozer yeah well kind of it's like a truck with a giant like snow plow on the front oh, okay. oh but it's like okay yeah, yeah but it's a giant like garbage truck size truck and you have that exact same scene again <laughs> And so they were giving you a greatest hits of one and two, but it's, also with like new <laughs> characters. This sounds like it characters. falls exactly into the definition of a requel. It's what everybody said was the issue with The Force Awakens is basically yeah. you're following the same story beats. But there I feel like genuinely and since we're having this discussion, I feel like there are good and bads to that. Yeah, I, I personally love some of that because that's what. I loved about the first one and I still love it about this one. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So I don't necessarily have a problem with following similar story beats, but part of me wants you to just acknowledge what it is then. Then just say, say what this is. Quit being like, this is a sequel because it's not. Yeah. You're rebooting this. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and they're like the thing about it, and I haven't seen Dark Fate, and so you can kind of tell me, I guess, where it falls on the spectrum for this, but there are ways to do it well, and there are ways to do it not so good. Like, we mentioned Halloween earlier. Yes. I would say that I think that one does it very well. Oh, I like, agree. I, I think it's one Halloween. of the best. It's, like, so freaking good. But, like, it's Michael Myers – there is something at the beginning. He escapes from a mental institution. He is going after a girl in Haddonfield, and it involves Jamie Lee Curtis. It is presented as a sequel, but it but follows it, the But not only first. does it involve Jamie Lee Curtis, but it also involves a new, younger yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis stand-in, basically. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so that one does it. I would also argue to a degree that Blade Runner 2049 does it. Oh, I would— it just kind of flips that, yeah. a lot of the script. It's, you know, there's a person looking for a replicant. There is a mystery involving higher incorporations and higher government institutes and corporations who are trying to push forward whatever technological advances of the time that are there. The replicant and the hunter get embroiled in a scheme where they have to help each other out to survive against bigger. Like, it's. I could make the argument that Blade Runner 2049 does it, but it does it in a way that's inherently satisfying because, as you and I have talked about at length, Blade Runner 2049 is presented in a way that expands upon the first one as opposed to just redoing the beats. Yes, and I feel like that is also where the the new Halloween reboot was good, is not only did it redo beats, but it also expanded on it. And I I would say The Force Awakens, in my humble opinion, does that. Now, I know for a lot of people it skews too far to the center of it's too close to the— Greatest Hits. Yeah, it's too close to that. Like, and I think there's a variance. You know, like The Force Awakens is very similar to, you know, this is a redo for redo for redo, but it's no Gus Van Zant's Psycho. 
Which is you know? a shot for shot redo. And there's that's the thing is there there is that variant. So I would say it almost runs from Gus Van Zant Psycho all the way up to something like a Blade Runner 2049 or even a Mad Max Fury Road. I would agree. I would totally agree with that. Isn't it? I totally forgot about the Psycho reboot remake. Isn't well, and that, that was more so like an art project at the time because Gus Van Zant was basically saying can I make a shot-for-shot remake that is as satisfying? And the answer is, is no. no. Yeah, you cannot. Because like, and, and, and I would challenge people to go back and watch that movie because Val, Van, uh, Vince Vaughn does really very good. Sure, it's not that Vince Vaughn gives a shitty performance it's, or anything. It, there's like, nothing about it that's shitty. Like, the cinematography is good. Gus Van Zandt knows how to work a camera. The writing is perfectly fine. You know, everything about it is technically fine, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work, and uh, I think a lot of those things come from there are certain things that are like that lightning in a bottle, like um, the mo- the original movie's time period, I feel like is kind of essential to the film. Yeah. I feel like the black and white is kind of essential to the film. So you take out a couple of those things. You make it a modern setting with a color film. Yeah. And it loses some of that magic. It changes what you originally saw. It's like watching the mist black and white version as opposed to the mist color version. That's a really good example. There's something about the texture. It changes the feel of the movie. You know what I mean? It changes the way the movie yeah. reads. Well, and those are and those are you know decisions that directors get to make, which is great. But one of the things like uh, about the Psycho one is is yeah, I mean it really is that. And I think there's something also with even when you see the first one, like I've seen the first Psycho dozens of times. You and I even went and saw it in a theater once um, for a special screening. But there is something about when you saw that for the first time, it was unique. It was it its own thing. And even when you re-see it, you get some of that back, that nostalgia for it. Sure. When when I saw Gus Van Zant Psycho, it was like, this is the – I've already seen this. The uniqueness was gone. Some of that magic sure. was gone. Sure. Um, hey, real quick, let's, uh, let's take a break to hear from some of our favorite sponsors. Yeah. Well, you know you've got a problem when you've got to call Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. Do you have gophers that are giving you problems? Do you have a regiment of critters? Do you have underground explosives ready to blow those little motherfuckers out of their holes? Do you have a stomach that can take taking the life of an innocent critter? I love it. Come on down to Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. We'll make sure them gophers stay the hell out of here. McJiminy's Star Wars Impersonators. We can do all your favorite voices. Mmm, welcome to the Force, you will. I'm Chewbacca. Roar! Hey, I'm Han Solo. I'm too cool to do this advertisement. McJiminy's Star Wars Impersonators. You need a Leia for your party? You need a Luke for your luau? You need a Vader for your vivisection? Because we'll do Star Wars thing all up in it. We're out of this world. Hey, do you have an unclaimed high school gym locker? You can come on down to the unclaimed high school gym locker store. Are you looking for old towels? How about sweaty tube socks? Maybe a jock strap or a chemistry textbook. It's like that suitcase store at the airports, but for high school shit. Yeah, and stuff you don't care about. You know, crusty shoes. And it only costs 
$500. You want Terry Bismarck's used porno stash? Would you like a mirror that just says how emo you are? Do you want a broken blocker shelf that's got stickers from Backstreet Boys on it? Do you have a picture of Britney Spears before the head shaving? Do you have a hairbrush full of unused hair? Do you have a mechanical pencil that you don't know where it came from? Do you have notes to a test that you're not even in class for? Do you have a cat skeleton? Then come on down to Unclaimed High School Gym Locker Store. You'll find treasures that you never wanted. All right, we're back. Those were some great sponsors. Am I you right? You know what? I, I feel like I, had the, I I get I get some memory from some of those, but it's like it's like those nostalgic memories from my childhood all over again. Yeah, it's like a it's like a it's hitting the greatest hits kind of beats. Yeah, but it's like new and fresh. Man, I wish there were movies that would do that. Yeah. Oh uh. wait. <laughs> Actually, there was one thing I did want to talk to you. We haven't talked about it yet, and I don't want to divert us too much. And I know, at least for me, this movie doesn't fall into this category. We've talked about digital de-aging. We've talked about sequels. You went and saw Dr. Sleep, didn't you? Oh, my God. Is it Dr. Sleep time? Can it be? I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it kind of fits. I definitely want Dr. Sleep time. All right. Yes. So I think this actually perfectly fits into all this, not because it is like a Rubiquel. It, yeah, because it definitely doesn't fall into Rubiquel. It's not, but they do some very interesting things, and I wanted to discuss this with you about what what if they chose to do some of these things in some of these Rubiquels, could it make it better? Oh, so, okay. All right, so anybody who has not seen Dr. Sleep for like the next, I don't know, five minutes or so, yeah. tune out because we're going to get – into the meat we'll spoil the crap out of it and then i'm gonna be like well in the book i'm gonna say that a couple times so skip ahead if you don't like that all right so here we go starting now now uh so yes i did go see it and one of the things i read an article recently as anybody who has also seen this movie and you have seen it now yes i have um the concept of casting new actors as iconic roles. I want to roles, ask you about this. But not doing any sort of like digital manipulation. Instead, you're just casting people who evoke the feeling right. and look of someone. Or sort of, kind of, maybe look like them a little, but can act like them. Yes. So they decided to do that. So for those who, well, if you've seen the movie, you definitely know. This is a strange, Dr. Sleep is a strange hybrid sequel yes. to both the book Dr. Sleep or excuse me the book The Shining yes and the movie The Shining which yes. are two inherently very different interpretations very, of the same book it, it different interpretations and like at odds with each other yes like they they're and this book now that i understand cuz you've told me some of the things that yeah. happen in the book the book Dr. Sleep kind of felt like a direct fuck you to Stanley Kubrick's The it Shining. Kind of was. Because he was like, well, you definitely can't make a fucking sequel. <laughs> like, nobody can make a sequel to this because I'm going to tie real heavily into things that happen. Yeah. In, you know what I mean? I don't know, in a way. But, um, okay. So, first blush, what were your thoughts about the movie? Here's the thing I really liked it. Okay. Uh, and I really liked it, and I 
think, and I've thought about this a lot too, because I've heard different takes from different people on the movie, but I think I liked it because I read the book. And now let me explain that. Mm. I read the book, Dr. Sleep, and I, as as anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows, I'm a huge Doc, uh, Stephen King fan. I sure. love everything he's written. Um, I like them at varying degrees, obviously, but um, I just am a huge fan of his collection. I read Dr. Sleep and was like, eh, it's all right. Sure. Like, that was how I read it. It was like, it was fine. I wasn't upset that it, that it, it was written, but it wasn't awesome. Sure. And my initial thought was, well, the villains aren't that scary. It kind of is meandering. I, I don't know. It just it doesn't really work. And then I was like, if they ever made a movie out of this, I would hope that they would do this. And I would hope that they would do this. And I would hope that they would do this. And Mike Flanagan did all of the things that I thought were necessary to make a good adaptation from the book. Can you tell me? Can you just give me like a quick so bullet point of what those things were? The first thing, uh, the first major thing is the true knot. So okay. in the book, it's very difficult to get super scared when Stephen King's writing about geriatric hippies sucking steam out of the air above children. Right. That's so it's fair. just kind of like, oh, they're just like breathing deeply around this kid. And in the movie, you can see how violent and how scary they are, like the effects that they do on, on the, the true knot. All of that, and especially as they're dying and they're phasing, as they say, right. that looks so much better in the book or in the movie than I ever imagined. Um, what about the, uh, in just speaking of the steam aspect, what about the whole like kid torture part? Is that in the book? That's totally in the book. Okay, because that was brutal. brutal. And man, if you're going to have a Jacob Tremblay cameo, fucking what a way to use it. Oh, no shit, man. Holy that's, crap. That's what I was thinking when I was watching the movie. I was like, is that Jacob Tremblay? I was like, oh, fuck. And you're like, oh, that was Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, yeah that, that blew my mind. Yeah. And then there's also an element of the book where at the end it's more of a like let's get a ba- let's get the band together and fight the true knot. So like Billy comes along, the doctor comes along, Abra oh. comes along, Danny Dan comes along, they convince like the dad to get involved. So there's like a let's get the band together aspect and I think the movie works better and like Billy and Dan are going to get Abra and then that's it. So the Billy situation that happens in the movie does not happen in the book. It basically does if I remember correctly like the okay. whole him getting hit by a rattlesnake and Andy as she's dying. Right. I believe that happens pretty close to how that Is happens. she in the book? The yes. Not as bite, snake she's bite Andy? older. She's like 40 in the book. Oh, okay. But she's but it's this, the same type of thing. She sure. does the snake bites and she, you know, manipulates she, people. She, got it. Um okay. Uh, and then about- obviously the huge difference from the book to the the movie is that in the book the sh- the Overlook Hotel doesn't exist. Right, it's gone. It's burned down because basically okay. And here's essentially what happened and I I think you know this, but one of the reasons that Stephen King signed off on Doctor Sleep at all was basically Mike Flanagan took the ending of The Shining and, and made, made it, it the, the ending, ending of, of this Sleep. movie. It's the exact beat for beat. Uh, Torrance gets taken over by the hotel, attacks a kid. The kid convinces the ghost Torrance that they forgot about the boiler. He goes down there to stop the boiler. Human Torrance stops ghost Torrance from uh, turning off the boiler. Boiler explodes and destroys the hotel. Yeah. Like, it's exactly the end of The Shining book. And Mike Flanagan was just like, I'm just going to do it in this movie and give you the ending that you wanted. And Stephen King's like, And here's oh, right. what blew my mind. Thematically, somehow... That works for this story. It totally did. That was my thought was like, this actually really works and makes sense. Right. Like character wise and like the the way that 
like the journey that the Danny Torrance character went on or Dan Torrance now it it matched up with the the original novel ending of yeah. The Shining and so yeah. the fact that they they did that I, as soon as that happened that's immediately what I thought I was like oh this is why Stephen King agreed yep. to do this yep. like well, 100% <laughs> and I did read an interview with Mike Flanagan that the other reason that Stephen King agreed to do it was because Mike Flanagan wrote the scene with Dan and Jack at the bar and let Stephen King read it and said, I'm going to put this scene in the movie if you let me do it. And I'm Can gonna... I also tell you how much I loved that scene? Okay, I wanted to ask you, okay, because we got a little bit away from it. What did you, Q, think of the recast as opposed to DH? Okay, so choice? now here's, here is a little... I'm on both sides of the coin. So am I. I enjoyed it because i do think it took the focus off of jack torrance yeah and allowed me to focus on dan torrance yeah. in that scene whereas i have a feeling that if it would have been like a dh uh, a dh nicholson you would just been like oh cool I was been like, oh nicholson. my god they got nicholson to do it again you know right. what i mean so part of me was kind of like happy that it wasn't there as a distraction if that right. makes sense but there were certain times when like because his voice is different henry I mean, thomas's and, and, voice is and different. let's be and his fair performance is different i like henry thomas but he doesn't really look or sound like jack no. nicholson now, now they clearly you know they i don't know if you noticed but they shot that entire scene from the side until yes. the end yes. of that scene so the whole scene, his profile looked close enough with yeah. the hair and the like the styling that they but did. But straight on, but straight on, no, he doesn't. He no. does, they don't look alike, you know. I'll tell you though, the girl that they got to do Shelley Duvall though runs. Ex she does a great Shelley Duvall. And her voice, Danny. Yeah. But the one that killed it for me was fucking uh, Halloran. Oh, of, oh man! Holy yes. shit! Like, other than some like small facial differences, he looked he spot on. Sounded exactly like him. He looked like him. Man, he was whoever that actor is. He could make a living. That doing dude. Scat that man. dude is actually somebody that you would be surprised. Keep like tell me can, about like, your thoughts. He could make it. a living just being Scatman Crothers in in movies. In, in movies, yes. Yeah. Like kind of like they're wanting to do with the James Dean <laughs> oh, CGI creation. Don't even thing. get me started on that. That's a dangerous trend that I don't want us to start. So, and then they also clearly now here's something I watched a very interesting interview with Mike Flanagan the other day. Okay, and he's talking about this. So they didn't make the effort. Dan Torrance and young Danny Torrance they have different colored eyes in this movie. Oh, interesting. And he pointed that out. He was like, Ewan McGregor has blue eyes, and Danny Torrance in The Shining has brown eyes. And he was like, so when I recast Danny Torrance, like little Danny Torrance, the I cast a blue-eyed actor. Huh. And that, for me, was the litmus test for the audience, that if the audience could let that go and get on board with this, then the rest of the casting would be okay. Okay. Which is like an interesting like thought Man, process. 
Flanagan is a smart dude. He is a smart dude. Like, in his mind, he was like, you know, if they're going to freak out that he has different colored eyes, yeah. then the rest of this is totally out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the, the differences are only going to get more extreme from yeah. here. So he said that when they showed it to a test audience and the test audience didn't even, like, flinch at that. It. I mean, clearly the boy looks similar. Yeah. But, I mean, a similar enough. Right. And that's kind of the thing. So... Now, I will say, if I have to be critical of it, I do think that they – I feel like Ewan McGregor wasn't used as well as he could have. I feel like Dan Torrance could have had a better, more arc. solid arc. Like, it could have been part of recovery is protecting someone and becoming a father figure, making him more of that Jack Torrance archetype. But he never really got that. Honestly, I could have seen this working as, like, a six-part series. And sure. then expanding out the Abra and Dan relationship right. a little bit more. Um, but I will s- overall, I, I was fine. I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I know a lot of people have gripes with it, but I, I dug it. I really liked the girl that played Abra. Yeah. She was great too. I thought and she man, was very good. Rebecca Ferguson, real good. Dude. As she's Rosa awesome. Vanette. I love Rebecca Ferguson. As I, yeah. as I call her, uh, more talented Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> God, that's 100% accurate. Um, Overall, though, I thought the movie was great. Some of the set recreations blew my oh, mind with the level incredible. of like, detail. Um, Did you the- see what I was saying, though? Because you texted me beforehand. You're like, is it really, really scary? And I said, no. it's definitely intense yes. and creepy, but I wouldn't call it scary. No, and that was also something. The tone of this movie did feel very different from The Shining. Yeah. Like, tonally, this was, I'd almost hesitate to say, like, a horror adventure. Yeah, it's more of like a horror action. Like it's right. There's yeah. like there are definitely like really upsetting things that oh, happen. Oh lord, yes. Uh and I will draw to one of them. Mike Flanagan clearly has a love for fucking up hands. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I was like, I told him I had a straight like, up Gerald's just, game flashback. I think he just pulled the same special effects, and he's like, "Listen, let's save money. Let's get give me the hand effect." Does that Gerald's happen in game. the book, or is that a totally like? I think it's in the book. Yeah, he she hurts her in her dream like that. Okay, because <laughs> I was like, come on, is this Mike Flanagan's Quentin Tarantino foot thing? <laughs> like, is this just what he's gonna do? He's in just everything? like with David Lynch with head trauma. Is Mike Flanagan with hand trauma? Yep, that's his thing. You would have think um, he directed Green Room, but he didn't. But I will say it did open it up, and honestly, if I'm being totally real, and I know a lot of people might groan at this statement. I'd be down for seeing more about Abra and, like, another movie. Like, if they wanted to keep going and, like, continue this story, I'd be interested to see where this goes. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously super powerful, and Rosie the Hat's not – they're not the only vampires out there. Now, did you hear that they are talking about doing another movie? No, I didn't. Did you hear that it is not going to be about them, and they're talking about making a movie simply called Halloran? Oh, about Dick Hell with that dude? With that dude. Ha, I'd be okay with that. And it would just, I don't know if it's going to be like a prequel, but it's definitely like it in should talks. T- There's articles about it. It should tie in both it and The Shining. Because Halloran's now, in both. But now they're saying that it might not happen because unfortunately, 
This oh, it was, was bombed at the bomb box at the box office, which I don't understand. I think it's because it was released not on Halloween. Well, let's be honest too. That's what ha- that's what seems to happen with some of these like good sequel reboot things. Is Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine bombed bombed at the box office, but it is maybe the best sequel of all I, time. It was my favorite movie of that that my whole every movie is my favorite movie. Of so that unfortunately, year. the box office doesn't always speak properly you know what i mean to a film's quality but unfortunately more often than not that's all the studio hears is the box office numbers i know like oh that was shit all right well we're not doing that again (laughs) and that and that bugs me too because mike flanagan is a good director and deserves more work and I think he'll get it. I'm sure he will. But oh, for man. sure. Well, I mean, he's already deep in on uh, the haunting. Yeah, he's of, got it. Of yeah, Bly Manor. But I will say this. Um, unfortunately, and this kind of ties back into our conversation, there are certain franchises that can make shit money and bomb, and they keep doing it, a la the Terminator series. Like we'll bring it back <laughs> yeah. to that. Like the last two movies, like uh, Genesis came and went very quickly yep and bombed yeah but Didn't somehow the studio was like let's do it again salvation also bombed, bombed. I yeah think. okay and was critically panned oh it was terrible it's all i think it's the worst of all of them i will agree with that i i would watch terminator 3 over terminator salvation any teeth i would watch t3 over genesis oh same that's yeah. fair i wouldn't i would watch t3 also over live free or die hard uh so I would watch it over pretty much every Jack oh, you Courtney mean movie. Live. What is the? What is the? Another day to die hard. Isn't another the, day to die hard. Speaking of re- backdoor secret secret reboots, that was when they tried to introduce Jai Courtney into that franchise nope. as the new McLean. Nope. And they've done that. They did it with Terminator, and they did it with with Die Hard. And audiences are like, "Fuck no, <laughs> we don't want him." And then they're like, you know what? We'll keep him for the suicide reboot quill. Yeah, which they did. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and then you heard just the collective United States. No! <laughs> Can I be totally honest with you? I was on board for the Suicide Squad reboot until I found out that Jai Courtney was in yeah, it. And it's then like, I'm like, okay, nope. I this- get it. You get rid of Cara Delvegni. Great. Okay. Well, oh, oh, you're also getting rid of Will Smith? I mean, sure, he wasn't that bad. In the- okay, okay, okay. You can get rid of – oh, Idris Elba? Okay, cool. Uh, but, oh, oh, you're going to keep – you're going to you're gonna keep Jai Courtney, are you? Why? <laughs> right, okay. I guess. D- does he have, like, pictures of you that you don't want to know? What is going on? Because let's be honest. I'm sorry. There's lots of good actors out there. Jai Courtney, not one, one of them. You're not <laughs> one of them, bro. You are not sorry. one. We got 99 actors, but you ain't one. You ain't one. You were number 100, but we've already kicked you off the list. For sure. Um, so, I don't know. What else do we got? Uh, reboot, well, okay, let me ask. Wise? Let me ask you. What, would you consider Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle a Rebequel? Ooh, shit. Um, Let me... I yeah. I would. Yes, Because yes. it's totally a reboot, and then secretly in there they had, like, the the carvings of... From Robin Williams' character. Yeah, from Robin Williams' character. I and will, it was like yeah. A, and, it, you know, the beginning of the movie obviously connects them directly. Yeah, I could get on board with that, totally. And, and I was think surprisingly it, it was good. successful. It yeah. was very good. Well, the interesting thing about I was thinking about this too because I was trying to think of some to ask you about before you know the the episode started, but this is a more modern trend, so we aren't going to like go back to the '80s or '90s to 
find these. Like, this is a more modern thing that's happened. So yeah, the this last, is like, like a current... 10 years or so is really what we have to pull from. Yeah, this is like a current thing that studios are doing it's like they figured out that they could do this and they're like oh shit let's do it to fucking everything i remember one of the first ones i remember like thinking about this type of concept was um you remember when jj abrams star trek kind of did this yes like and they were like it's not not canon right they're like we we went back to that second movie Nem- or nemesis or whatever and then said that that broke the timeline and now we're back here in this timeline like that was one of the first ones that I remember going to see that movie and being like, "Oh, they sort of made this a secret sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a secret sequel." So it's not saying that the things that came before didn't happen, right? Well, because they had you can um, take Leonard liberty. Nimoy in it as yeah. well. But now you can take liberty and have new things happen, right? Um, and that's a fun, like that's an interesting. I'll, I'll be honest. Let me let me. I'll play my cards a little bit. Um, I much prefer this approach to just like trying to do the Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th like straight up reboot like they've sure. been doing. Sure. I much prefer this approach. I will ag- I will agree with that. Um the other, rather than just like a straight up like let's yeah. do a gritty reboot of something. Right, right. I mean like sh- sure every now and then you'll get a Batman Begins. Sure. But more often than not you don't. Right. More often than not you get a like a Dark said, Shadows Friday, Friday the 13th or, Friday or the 13th. Dark Shadows, right. Um, where would now, you where would you land like Mary Poppins Returns I had thought of? Um it's definitely a requel because, because it's it, the exact same beats. Yep, Mir- mirrors the first one, new characters that are b- essentially the same characters. You got yep. Lin-Manuel Miranda as a stand-in for Dick Van Dyke this Well, time. who was his trainee? Right. Like they're literal surrogates. Like the kids are the kids of the kids from the first right. one. Right. And they're literal surrogates every single one. Yeah, I would say and it was fine. I mean, it's not going to be in the top five, but it counts. Right. No, definitely. Now, one that I have been dying to discuss because I went to the theater and saw it was I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, we haven't talked about that yet. No, have we? we haven't. Uh-uh. Okay. I so, knew so little about this movie. I watched the trailer. You know, I love me some Kevin Smith movies. Sure. His last handful have not been very good. No. How did this one do? Um. This not a great start. Not, it was not good. Damn it! But here's the thing, though. I don't know what they're going for. Really? You know what I mean? Like, it's so meta that it may not be. It's, like, too meta for its own good. Really? Like, they're like, hey, do you remember these jokes we made from the first one? Well, we're just going to make the same jokes. But the joke is that we're making the same jokes. Oh, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, well, then that ceases to be funny because it is still the same joke. Right. You can't. I don't know that you can do it with a comedy necessarily. And they took it to a point where and maybe you can. I mean, Harold and Kumar had sequels that were essentially the same story over and over again. But you they even they did dialogue lifted from Jay and Silent Bob and said it again. They were like, hey, do you remember when we had this exact scene from the first one and that was the part that everybody loved and talked about? Well, here it is again. Weird. So, like, like, there's a scene. um, You've seen Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, yes. uh, Uh, Strike Back. I've Um, seen it more times than it deserves to be seen, but yes, I have. So, you know the scene with Jason Lee in the comic book store where they find out that the Jay and Silent Bob movie is happening, right? And, you know, he does that weird, like, cue the music. 
Matt, 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 Matt thing. Yeah. Okay. They do that exact scene beat for beat. And it even ends with Jason Lee going, cue the music. Matt, 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 Matt. <laughs> it's like the same scene, but 20 years later. Honestly, as you've described that, and let me see if this feels true to you. Okay. That sounds like it should have been a 10-minute internet short. Yes, definitely. Like, it we rebooted it for the internet, and it's like 10 minutes of kind of that nostalgia candy of, hey, we did the same scene, and ha, ah, this is funny, and the joke is that it's the joke, and it's meta, but it only lasts 10 minutes. Right. Yes, 100%. And, like, in this one, um, you know, I was about to say spoiler alert for Jay and Silent but Bob, who but cares? honestly, who the fuck cares? It's uh, the... Uh, the jewel heisting like girl gang that they run into in Jay and Silent Bob. Right, right, yeah, back, where they think they're animal activists or something. Is now a girl gang of um like diverse women from ethnically different backgrounds. Oh. And they even kind of address that. Which is kind of weird. It plays into some like weird, uncomfortable territory. It'd be weird like, if it was just the same actresses, like Elijah Dushku and the other girl, but just like one of them's in blackface. <laughs> that kind of felt like what this was like. Really? Kind of heading towards. But the whole concept is Jay had a child with Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Okay. From the first, uh, what's sure. her name? The chick from yeah. American Pie. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth something. Yeah, and she, Shannon Elizabeth, Shannon Elizabeth, and the daughter grew up to be is Kevin Smith's actual daughter. Okay, so Harley Quinn, whatever. Yeah, and she is Kevin. She is Jay's daughter in this movie, and they don't know it. And they basically like it's a road trip movie to Chronicon to stop the movie from being made. And it gets so meta that at the end, Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith. Because he is directing the reboot of Bluntman and Chronic. And so, so he's like both him and Silent And Silent Bob. Bob. And they keep having this joke of like, look at that ugly ass Kevin Smith motherfucker. Like, and it's yeah. just Kevin Smith. And he's playing like a little bit like douchier version of himself. Sure. Like, you know, the, I only like, want blue M&Ms in my Right, shit. like a This Is Us style parody. Because, like, that's the gag. You know, the gag is, ha-ha, Kevin Smith, the everyman, but actually he's a Hollywood douchebag. Right, I mean? right. Um, so, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's not going to be in the top five, you're saying. No, it's not in the top five, but it's such an interesting, like, um, it's such an interesting idea that it, it honestly, and God, this is going to sound terrible, it honestly just felt desperate as hell. Like, oh. it... It felt like it was like, oh, my God, you remember when I was edgy and relevant? Like, I can still be because now I'm being edgy and relevant, but I'm critiquing my own, like, That's film sensibilities. He's, he's pushing me further away from him because I've seen the last couple ones of his, and they're just not. I saw that one with, like, the sausage Nazis. Oh, dude, that movie was it's, unwatchable. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I did finish it, but I'm not sure how. I deserve a medal. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, I will say I was surprised by the level of talent that he was able to get into this movie. Ben Affleck is in this movie. Yeah, that's weird. And they, like, made up for him to be in this Matt movie. Matt Damon in this movie. Jason Lee back in this movie. Well, Fucking, I mean, Jason Lee's he, – he'll do your movie. What's um? What's the dude from Portlandia? 
I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Fred Armisen? Fred Armisen in this movie. Molly Shannon in this movie. I thought Molly she was Shannon retired. Molly Shannon will do your movie. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth in this movie. She'll do your movie. Molly Shannon Elizabeth? She'll Molly do Shannon movie. Elizabeth. Um, and they also ha- uh Chris Hemsworth in this movie. <laughs> I'll so, probably wait for streaming. <laughs> I would just wait for not. Never. Just, I'll just wait for I'll just wait for death. Wait till it gets edited down to the 10 minute internet clip you were talking I'll, about. I'll uh, I'll just wait until I die and then I know everything because I've yeah. become a part of matter and then I'll just know about it. Exactly. Wait till Topher Grace does a fan edit like he did of the star original Oh, Star that'd Wars be great. Topher, prequels. get on it. Topher, cut this movie into something that is fine. <laughs> yo yo Toph, go. Get it. Get it done. Um, so I think we've we've kind of covered the gamut of different ones. Do you think it's time to have a list reboot? Let's reboot that list. This is where we make a list. The list. List. All right. The list reboot quill. The reboot list quill. All right. So I'm going to do something. Um, since this is an this is kind of a reboot of our show in a way, yeah. uh, because we're rebooting, I say that you give me your top five list and I will give you my top five list. Ooh, just okay, well, like we used to do. Just back like in we the used day. to. We're rebooting the list. Right. It's kind of a fresh, a fresh remix in the morning. <laughs> yep, that's it. It's a remix in the morning. All right. Well, now I need to think about it for a second. Hold on. Um, oh Lord, I haven't seen all of these. Um, you can so, do it. Uh, I would say my number. Well, now I'm, I've got to write these out for a second. Okay, you're fine. So we'll talk. So for those who don't know, back in the day, we've done things throughout this episode. If you've listened to our show from the beginning, we have done things. That are similar to our very first episode, because this is a soft reboot of us. So we're basically taking the Kevin Smith approach, (laughs) (laughs) where last episode we talked about ourselves nonstop, just like Kevin Smith. And now we're rebooting ourselves just like Kevin Smith. Okay, I love it. Are you good? I think think I've got at least a a starting place. This may switch around. All right, so do we want to do like we used to do and you give me your... Like top three, and then we'll I'll do two and one together, three, and then we'll oh. do two and one together. Okay, yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay. So give me your number five. My number five is uh, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Because I was totally surprised by how good that movie was. Sure. Uh, number four is actually one we didn't talk about on the episode, but Creed. Ah, okay. That one was with Michael B. Jordan. Super good, great movie. Didn't see the second one, but. The love the love that for first one, and then my number three is Force Awakens. Okay, I like that. That's pretty solid. I'm very curious as to what your top two are. Then I think I think you'll know exactly once I start. You'll know what they are. So my number five okay. is actually Terminator Dark Fate. Oh really? Okay. Yep. So you kind of gave it some harsh criticism. So I did. I did, but I, I I peppered in there things that I really enjoyed about it as well. Like 
it was still a greatest hits of all right. of the things that I liked from the first. Like it may not have been the most Terminator unique movies. thing ever, but it was enjoyable. It was a fun was action fun. movie, and you liked it. I did. I very much enjoyed it. So that's my number five. My number four is actually Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Nice. Okay. Be- same reasons. Same reasons because it picked up the torch from the original Jumanji. It brought it to a fresh audience. It still gave me those nostalgia beats yep. from the first one, and it was uh, funny. It was very funny. It was very, very funny. And my number three is The Force Awakens. Oh, hey! Cool. Yep. Okay, so okay, so you feel the same. And and honestly, it's not that I don't didn't love The Force Awakens. Sure. But I do feel like, and more than the, the two that I have up top, that it eschews more to that it's too close beat for beat and yep. doesn't add as much as I wanted it to. Sure, absolutely. I want then, as you know, as you know, uh, I think Last Jedi possibly overcorrected from that. Yes. And I didn't mind that, and you very much did. I, exactly. So I think that it struck that, like, good... Yeah. I don't know, that good, like, middle ground. And it kind of was one... I mean, and what, The Force Awakens came out, what, four years ago? Yes. Kind of right in the middle of this time frame that we're talking about. And for me... That was when I really started heard people talking about this for the first time. I was like, well, it's just basically a remake of the first one, but it's pretending to be a sequel, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I first really started thinking about this as a trend. So, and then you're like, ah. Yeah, so it's like kind of right in the middle of that, of that timeline. All um, right. So now we're so on number two. I debated heavily on like some of these. Like, you know, we talked about Star Trek, and I thought, you know, that's a good example. We talked about a couple others. Honestly, for me, number two is Halloween. Oh, my God. Yeah. The David Gordon Green, uh, Danny McBride Halloween. I just I liked it so much. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. I just I I can totally and I'm fine. The the reason that's so high for me is that when I heard they were doing a sequel to the Rebequel, I wasn't upset by it. I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine with this. Give me more. Sure. And so that is a, a high price for it. All right. So, and just to clarify, we're doing rebequels, rebequels, not, not straight up reboots. That's what I'm doing. Okay, rebequels. Yeah. Now, I just want to make sure. I want to make yeah. sure we're on the same page here. Um, in that case, my number two. Will probably also be Halloween. Yeah. Because originally I had dread. You had what? What? Which one? Dread. Oh, I Be- I see that. I it's mean, not it's a, a sequel, great movie, but it's it is not... a reboot. But yeah, but it doesn't fall into that sequel category because right. it's a completely different exactly. universe. So I'm going to retcon and go with. Uh, now, there's also I, I don't want to and I, and I forget exactly how you feel about this movie, but I would consider Jurassic World. One I of didn't these. love Jurassic. World. OK, so it wouldn't be in your top five anyway. That doesn't reorder things. Mm-hmm. OK. Well, then, yeah, let's share Halloween. All right, and then, you ready? We want to say our number one on at the same time? Because I, I think it's the same one. All right, you ready? Right. One. One, two, two three. three. Blade, Blade Runner. Runner 2049. Yes! <laughs> it's, the, yes. it's the best example of what this needs to be. It I has similar agree. beats, but it is by itself a fantastic movie. You don't have to have seen the first one to like it, so therefore it works as a reboot. But if you have? But if you have... It makes it so much better. It does not theoretically, but directly tie in 
as a sequel, so it fits as the sequel as but well. But it also expands the world. It expands the characters and yep. what you understand of the movie. And so it, it, it works as a reboot in on that level. Right. It's now, just... Ugh. Yep. 100%. Absolutely. For old time's sakes, we shared the same number one. Have, did we ever do a Jinxies uh, Blade Runner 2049? I don't remember if we did. We Should need we to. put out at some point in the near future a bonus Blade Runner 2049 Jinxies do, reboot? Honestly, that may be something for our Patreon in 2020. Oh, shit, We guys. could do, like, monthly Jinxies and monthly, uh, um, monthly like, uh, commentaries. I love it. All right, I stay love tuned, it. guys, it's for that in Patreon the on the way. Also, message us if there are other things you would want, like bonus episode types, for us to do in the, in the Patreon. Hey, can I throw one out there? Uh, this is totally random. This is a reboot, but we didn't talk about it during the episode, and I just wanted to hit on it because I watched it again recently, and it's uh -huh. not as bad as I remember it being. The Ghostbusters reboot. reboot I watched happened. that I watched that um, during our Halloween 31 Days of Hard because people get possessed sure. in it. It's um, not as bad as I remember it feeling about it when I saw it in the theater. Here's here's my thing. I still have my major major problem with it is the villain. Sure. Oh and, well, absolutely, because he's non-existent pretty much. Right. And that still bothered me. Now I found it a lot more enjoyable and funny the second time around. Like not as desperate. Sure. I found it very enjoyable and laugh laughing. Like Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. Agreed. In it and. Like, everything about it works for me except the villain, and that's such a big part of it. And honestly, I didn't love the neon ghosts. Yes. Well, they were okay, because if you go back and watch the original, which we did also recently, they were, like, super bright technicolored. They were? Like, they were blue and green. Okay. And like, okay. Well, then maybe I need to watch it closer, but I yeah. just didn't I remember mean, it's them not being the same effect. Big. Yeah. Um, but, yes, they were definitely, like, weirdly colored. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I also had rewatched it and hadn't hated it. I will throw this out there, completely random, not related to anything we're doing, but a J-horror recommendation of the week. We watched Midsummer last night. Oh, yeah? And holy Lord, is it amazing. Is it? It is great. Ari Aster is one of my favorite directors, like, of late. Okay. Did so you watch good. the director's cut, or did you watch the... Uh, whichever one I could rent on Amazon, so probably okay, the regular. Because I, I, I know, know they did like a theatrical release, and then they came back shortly after and did a director's. I'm cut. probably that also be, got released theatrically. I'm probably going to be buying it, honestly. Like that okay. in Hereditary, I'm going to own at some point. He's just a master at this got stuff. It. I don't think I could handle Midsummer. I it barely be, handled uh, the Hereditary. Hereditary. It's. I think you could handle Midsummer. All right. I think you could. It's it's intense though. Sure, it's great and intense. But, All right, but that's it. that's our that's our that's our list. I love that we shared a top one in our in our reboot rebeatquel episode. Um, and join us next week when we're going to be played by different people. So, oh yeah, uh, we'll we'll let you know the final casting decisions. I think it's probably going to be Kate Blanchett though for everybody. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. See you later. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E 
T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Getting recast in your own life? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here. You, you made it to the end of the podcast. And guess what? There's a little something at the end of the credits. And for those of you that didn't make it, go five yourself. Hey, do you need your nipples repaired? How about some signs? Come on down to Ted Swine's Nipple Repair and Signs. You know, you're standing too close to the sometime, the, the stove sometimes, and your nipples go, woo! Have you ever had a nipple ring and that thing just gets yanked on out of there? Well, Tad Swines Nipple Repair and Signs is the place for you. I'm Tad Swines, and I give my guarantee that your nipple will be as good as new, or I give you my double nipple guarantee. And I'm not Tad Swine, but I'll tell you what, I'll make a side and showing you the way to Tad Swines. You need signs for your nipples? What about nipples for your signs? How about signs on your nipples? How about swines on your bipples? How about... Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Tad Swines. That's me, nipple repair and signs. Tad Swines, also still not me.